Hello, hello. I can record clearly now. The batteries are Shh. in. Well, okay, but this time I made the very wise decision of checking the batteries and replacing them before we started recording, and I have fresh power level. Are you proud of me? You are a wise old man. Only I am immensely proud. Only one of those things is true. I'll leave it to you. <laughs> Let's not even go there. How are you this week, sir? Well, I'm okay. You know, I had a, a frustrating day today that finally unfrustrated itself, and I was all ready to celebrate, and then all of a sudden there was like the snafu with the recording, but that got worked through, so I can talk about persevering. Would you like to hear about that? I think persevering is a great subject for the for the uh, day. So how have you been persevering today? Well, so I've been working on something that, it makes a certain editing screen vastly more complicated than it used to be. And when you try and, and, and make this complicated view work on a tiny device, which I refer to affectionately as shitty phones, but, you know, basically just means like the things of the, of the, you know, uh, original iPhone form factor with the, 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 uh, very, very short screen. It's, it, you run into a design problem. And um, so I talked about it with the designer yesterday because there were just simply too many things available on the screen. They're just like, you, you, we couldn't possibly cram it in without making it. We couldn't do it. There's just no way of doing it without either making some of the elements so small as to make them illegible or to co- set the spacing so compact. It just looks terrible. So I suggested saying, well, the problem is, is that we're defaulting to showing the keyboard. And now that you can en- enter edit multiple aspects of this object that's being edited. Sorry, I can't talk about it in complete detail because it's not shipped yet. But, you know, it used to be that that you could just edit two things, um, but now you can edit multiple of them, and you can also jump out of the app to, to a website to be able to do some other things. To And so... Um, I basically said, well, you know, the, the, what makes it a complicated layout is, is you're competing with the keyboard for space, and not every time would you be using the keyboard to edit some aspect of this object. So I said, well, let's just not auto-hide let's not auto hide it. I'm sorry, let's not auto-show it unless the certain conditions are met. In this case, the condition is, are you not on a shitty small device? <laughs> and uh, I had to show great restraint by not referring it to to have methods like that. So I decided to go with the existing one was is ultra compact, <laughs> which is a category method on UI <laughs> device. <laughs> but I did definitely want to have UI device is shitty, but I opted not to. Add your own swift extension to say is shitty small is shitty small phone. Just have it map exactly right. So. Uh, and then, so, okay, that's good. Uh, so that, that already made a big difference because for common actions, then you can just quickly get to them and, and go about your day. Um, but the, the, the other complicating factor about this layout is that it wants to be physically, you know, vertically and horizontally centered, which is easy enough to do. But there were some things that were done with the assumption that the keyboard would be always visible, in which case it would adjust it as needed. Um, and for tall devices, you really didn't have to do anything. But for shorter devices, where the midpoint of the of the Y axis would be taller than the keyboard, you had to adjust things up a little bit to make it work cro- uh, correctly. Um, and so, anyway, I kind of took me a while to to to, to figure out what was going on since I didn't originally write the code. Um, and uh, once I managed to do that, then I could show and hide various UI elements when the keyboard would show or hide because there are nice notifications for it, um, which I've used before, but it had been a while um, and it wasn't in this class. So I had to remember how that's done. Sometimes you have to do that. Uh, and then uh, it actually turned out looking pretty nice. And it got to the point where I'm thinking, wow, you know, it actually it's 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 
in some ways, a nicer user experience on the shitty device in terms of 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 kind of uh, uh, keeping things off the screen if they're not uh, immediately to be used, right? And keyboard, you know, keyboards will show when you have editing of text fields, duh. Um, uh, but oftentimes that's only one aspect of what you're editing. So if you have multi-items, sometimes maybe not showing the keyboard right away is a good thing. The only problem then is how do you how do you close it? Because um, the simplest way of doing it is just add an input accessory view on the text field or text element that's going to be that's going to cause the uh, the keyboard to show. Um, but then you know what do you do? What do you call it? Do you call it cancel? Do you call it, do you put a text field a text label that says hide keyboard? Do you get an icon? So I'm waiting for the the pronouncement on the from the graphic designer about what uh, what he wants to do about it. But at least I have a mechanism that's in there, and it can be made prettier. But it definitely it delivers the experience that we're looking for, and I can have uh, some localization done um, while I'm waiting for the the pronounce, pr pronouncement from the the designer. Um, but I went from you know cursing things to saying, yeah, it's not bad. So that was my that was my my day. But uh, and I had to make an extra special good day today because yesterday was a no good, very terrible day because. I woke up with a black screen of death phone, which normally should not be enough to, to face me. I've certainly faced worse traumas in my life, except for, except, yeah, except for, you know, this device is the, the device I have for, for doing my two-factor authentication. And so, you know, some people will have a, a separate carry device from their development device, but I, I kind of have my carry device is my development device. It's my whole world. So if, if it, it goes dead, um, it's kind of annoying. Um, and I ended up getting locked out of my account at work because of all the times when the second factor was, was, you know, being asked for and, and was not being responded to. And for security purposes, it says, Hey, something's going on. So it shut it down. So I ended up having to spend, you know, two hours waiting for the Apple genii to, to give me a visit so that it could determine that there was nothing it could do to this phone, um, which I expected because you know, you can you can use the internet and find out all the various things uh, as to what to do when you get a black screen of death, and it's happened to me before. But this, there was just no reviving this thing. And I noticed that after it had been plugged in for a while, it was feeling warm. So I suspect somewhere there was a short. But anyway, the phone there's nothing to be done for it. But while I was waiting for the genius to 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 look at it, I ended up getting a new phone and was getting it provisioned. And at the same time, I also needed to get a new laptop because my laptop is just run out of storage space and you know for some time now the the ssds are soldered onto the motherboard so you can't upgrade it and once you run out of space you, you effectively run out of space and the reason i'm running out of space is because in order to do you know node development we use docker to, to manage images and docker very helpfully creates a brand new image every time you start up the, your node server which it, it kind of has to but it doesn't clean up by itself very well and so you, you can you know run something that will deep clean the old ones but it doesn't do it automatically for you and after it's set up one or two machines you can really fill up your device quite quickly so i had it took me several hours to get everything all running you know to, to get a device that i could then you know get into my 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 old laptop to, or to bring up all the services i needed so that i can make a, a new backup for it and transfer all that into a new laptop while I'm also waiting for the old laptop, I mean, sorry, the old phone, sorry, the new phone to restore all the apps, which, including the various authenticator things. It just took hours and hours and hours. And by the time I got to the end of the day, I was like, 
technology sucks. On the on the other hand, there was a nice kind of uh, team dinner I went to, and and by the time it was over, I was in a happy mood, um, and that happy mood lasted until today. But now now that I've gone through both those days, I persevered. I'm speaking to you. Everything is good, and hopefully it will remain good until until it's not. And that that time when it's not good, um, we can push off into the the reasonably distant future. So that's all I have to say, Scotty. Okay, so I have a few questions yes. to interrogate your um, per- perseverance. So uh, let, let's deal with the phone. Was just a, a complete hardware. It's an, it, you had an iPhone 11 yeah. Pro, is that correct? Just a complete hardware. No, it was a 10 XS. Yeah. Oh, but, 10 XS. Yeah. So, so it was just a complete failure, and they yeah. they just replaced it. Was it yeah. you on Apple Apple Care? Were you? Yeah. It, it was on Apple Care. And oh, this is the other funny thing too is that you know the the the. The guy at Apple, I mean, he was very good. He said, you know, uh, since you had it and the the device itself, you know, still had a couple, at least another year or so of, of Apple Care on it, said you can get the unused portion transferred over to your new device and prorated value kind of removed. You'll get a little bit of money back. But um, I had already bought, bought the phone, and so it wasn't clear whether they would re- replace the phone. I couldn't remember whether I had Apple Care, any of those different things. So the good news is, yes, they replaced it, which means I was able to get $420 out of out of the phone. That was being replaced, but when I had to, you know, speak to the good, good, lovely people somewhere in Applelandia, um, they said, "Yeah, we can prorate it. Let's see." Oh, but wait, the value of replacing the phone was five hundred and forty dollars, so you get nothing, no Apple Care kind of proration, no prorated. But but you've got you've now got an eleven. I have an eleven, and I have to say, it is a glorious new camera. I, I I'd been wanting and waiting for one for a while, but. This was a forcing function. So you, you purposely broke your phone overnight. So you <laughs> That's exactly one. what I did, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't feel like doing useful software engineering yesterday, so I kind of declared that my laptop was dead as well. So your laptop, a new 16-inch laptop? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah a new 16-inch so laptop. You've gone, you've gone to a new, so really you were just on a hardware fest. So you're just saying how you you're, – you're trying to tell our listeners how <laughs> – you you now have like probably you know five thousand dollars worth of new devices, and you had to persevere to get them. And yes. we're supposed to feel sorry for you. Well, if you put it in that way, Scotty, it makes me sound like some kind of you know. You should be in politics. You've just made. You've just made. Yeah, it's we worked really really hard for you, and now we should be rewarded. <laughs> You have, you have been exposed. It's true. I, I am. I am standing <laughs> naked before your your withering judgment. So, have you got? Have you had enough time on your laptop now to notice any difference to your previous one, or is it too early to say? No, no, no. Actually, one of the things is my stunning colleague Steve, who is just a wizard in setting up because he spends most of his day in a, in a terminal, you know, doing node development almost all the time, um, and so he has tremendous, you know, settings made available for for doing it stuff. I, which I hadn't seen for, you know, hadn't seen before because I just, you know, I, I like a well-ordered shell as much as the next Unix nerd, but I'm not that much of a nerd. But he put in some things with with a font which has support for ligatures and and does beautiful things with emoji so that when it, when you, you know, uh, when you CD into a directory that has node running, for instance, it tells you which version you have, what packages are available, and it tells you which branch you're, you're, you, you've checked out and get, and it makes just a huge difference. It's really lovely. Um, so uh, he, he set that up, but, and then this other thing that he'd set up, this, it was basically something that would show you, you know, uh, essentially how much headroom you have in terms of, of processors and, and memory, and it, he was like, going, oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> um, and so that allowed us to, to change the settings for Docker to, to, to use more cores and to, to take up more space, and I definitely noticed that 
Um, so did you go for the top processor in, in the... No, I mean, that was the other thing, too, is that basically I took the, the best machine I could get that was available right there that didn't require a custom build. So, And I think that, in all honesty, is perfectly fine. I mean, I have 16 gig of RAM, which I've, I've never really run out of RAM. Um, I'm sure I would if I was doing, you know, rendering or, or, or video editing, but I don't do that all day. Um, but in terms of, of, of CPU cores that are available, you, I, could, I could get a slightly faster processor, and I'm sure it would make some difference, but not really noticeable. The, the main thing I really wanted was the, 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 was the addition, you know, full terabyte of, of storage, which, you know, I had, I had uh, 512 beforehand, so that, it seems like, you know, double is, is pretty good. Um, but uh, the other thing, too, is it has it, it, the new keyboard, and that I noticed. Um, and I, I, truth be told, I didn't have much terrible problems with, with the uh, w- with the prior keyboard, but it definitely feels nicer. So, yeah, it, it's a delightful machine. I should not be complaining about it. I'm happy that I got it. And, and, and okay, yes, I'm complaining and I'm very lucky, but you know how it is. It's like it, you forget how long it takes to, to bring up a development machine and get everything in place. And then you realize, you know, you, you, it's easy to forget how many dependencies there are for you to be able to get in and get out, especially if you're switching back between, you know, doing UI development Xcode and, and, and endpoint development in a terminal shell or, or you know, Visual Studio. Um, yeah, it, it, it's... It, everything has to be just right for you to be able to, to, to make it work smoothly. And when it's not, it's pretty irritating. Well, I'm glad you persevered. I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you a perseverance story in a minute once we've asked, I finish asking my questions. But a real one. I, okay. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get any new hardware at the end of it. So it's, yeah. um, there we are. <laughs> so, okay, let's go back to the uh, some actual work that you did as opposed to just hanging out in the Apple store all day being given thousands of dollars worth of equipment. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's one of the things about iOS development that uh, uh, I, I think is still, you know, iOS development has been around for, what, 10 years now? I mean, you know, we could, the, the third parties can do, not just Apple. And over that time, lots of things have, you know, worked their way through to what's good, what's bad. You know, so a lot of the design philosophies are um, uh, are worked through. You know, we go. Th- we've gone through phases. Worked out what's good. Yeah, we went through the whole hamburger menu phase, and we worked out why that was good, and then why it was bad, and what what we, what it did well, and what it didn't do, and all these sort of um, things have gone through. And so, to now actually putting together um, an iOS app, lots of things that you know, uh, four years ago or five years ago or longer ago, you were having you know debates about. They're on almost just like standard. We don't even think about them now. There's still debates that go on. But the standard, but I still think one of the ones that is, um, uh, you know, I don't think has been still solved satisfactorily uh, uh, to me is, um, you know, in complicated screens where the keyboard, you know, where the keyboard comes up, how you handle that really well, mm. you know, when when you put the keyboard up, when it goes away, do you shuffle the screen around to show other things if the keyboard is up, or do you just you know, except that it's not, and I still think there are, you know, um, you know, th- there are lots of different things, but there's no sort of, yeah, it must be done this way or a standard, standard practice there. So I was quite interested when you said, oh, you know, about you know, problems in making decisions with keyboards and waiting to see what UI people said. You know, it's, um, I find it interesting that we, considering that it's used a lot and it's still the only way we get to enter stuff on our phone because we don't have any alternatives yet for for voice recognition that are great or anything yeah it's uh I, it's interesting that we haven't solved that problem well 
Well, and that's a, an interesting point you bring up is that I think, you know, there's a difference when iPad, uh, I guess, because it can have a cover and it has uh, some keyboard options. I'm, I'm, I think I'm remembering this correctly uh, for it, because there are modifications you can make to the actual keyboard to have a keyboard key, which will will toggle the keyboard's visibility. But you don't have that for phone. Um, yeah, on the iPad, you get a keyboard. There's a keyboard key on the on-screen keyboard to get rid of the to get rid of the keyboard. <laughs> the key, yeah. a keyboard key to kill the keyboard. Yeah, and so. But I have to say, I mean, I use I have a, a cover on my iPad Pro uh, with a the keyboard cover, which is actually just recently broken. Um, so I'm using. I mean, the keyboard stays on as a cover, but I have to take the cover off to make the apps work because for some reason the keyboard and the cover isn't working. Uh, whether that's the keyboard or the iPad Pro, I, I don't know. My iPad Pro is, it got dropped and the screen's cracked and it's probably on its last legs. But when you get used to using the iPad with that keyboard cover to, even though typing on the iPad is a lot better because, you know, the size of the keyboard is bigger, you have that key where you can get rid of the keyboard. The moment that keyboard comes up on the screen, it just like feels like such a different device mm. to what it does when the keyboard is a hardware keyboard separately. The whole joy of using the ipad and, and having that bigger screen and whatever it just goes away and it becomes oh it now again feels like a you know a really awkward mobile device that oh i've just got to get some data entry in but this isn't really what it's designed for whereas when it had that keyboard cover on it it was a complete joy and so it's yeah it's um uh it's amazing how you know even though the key i think the keyboard on the ipad is more flexible as you say it's far better when you don't even have it there and you have a hardware version. Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, is is much as I love building two devices and having a whole slew of devices around, uh, which I don't, um, you know, one thing I notice is, is I I actually, I, 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 I kind of can't build a simulator all that often just for no other reason that you know, if, there, if there's any video playback that's required, it, you have to do on device and there are other things that you kind of really have to do on device anyway. So I, I, I tend to just build a device anyway, but, um, in this particular case, you know, I, I did, I'm today, I was working from home and I simply didn't, I, I forgot to bring home the, the, the tiny shitty device. Um, so in this particular case, I could do all the development on, on the simulator, but you tend to, you, you know, when you're using the simulator and you get used to having your laptop keyboard, it shields you from the pain of, of having having software keyboards show and, and hide. And I, I can see how you can you can get into a problem where you think, ah, it's really not that bad, but you're not really using it the way that the end users do. And, and something that might be very annoying would 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 not be apparent to you if, if all you're ever doing is, is using the simulator and, and using a hardware keyboard. So you have to be careful about that, I think. But, you know, we'll see. I think, you know, it, 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 this is the other thing, too, is, is you know, it, it, it brings up, you know, past debates that, that we've had or that I've had with myself is I, I tend to, you know, whenever it comes time to do a view of, like, do it in Interface Builder and load it. And in this particular case, I'm thinking, all right, you know, this is really just a, a view with a button. Even if it's, it's 10 lines of ugly code, I'd rather just do it. But then I was looking at another example, and it's like, no, actually, just, you know, make a, a UI toolbar, uh, which I, I did. You know, uh, uh, and that was, it was very, very easy. And I, it harkened back to the, the days when you would use spacers and things like that. But, you know, it's, it's a perfectly acceptable way of, 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 of getting something that just sizes itself and works easily. You don't have to put constraints. It's, it's, it was actually surprisingly um, 
uh, clean and simple to be able to do it. And so even if we decide that instead of having a, a, a system button with a, a, with a title or, you know, it, I actually did, there's a, there's a defined done button and a cancel button, which is kind of good because then you don't have to localize it and you don't have to worry about changing the look at it because you kind of want it to look like the system. But if, if we do decide that that's not really what we want, all I have to do is, is get a, an icon that's put in there or to, to put a title in there. If we, we really want to put the word hide keyboard or, or, or put an icon in there and have an accessibility labor or whatever we end up doing, I think it's just going to be a, a little round of refinement and not a fundamental change to the approach that I took. Well, do you want to know about my perseverance? I would love to know about your perseverance. Well, it's only been a day, but it's a, it's a long enough perseverance. Uh, and I did solve it. Well, solve, solve's the wrong word. Got something working. So an app I'm working on, uh, it's a Mac app, but it it's pretty irrelevant whether it's a Mac app or not. In this case, the, the issues are the same. Um, it has quite a lot of it needs to do to to be in a working state when it starts up. Um, <clears throat> it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's got two, uh, I, I guess there's two phases, you might want to say. There's the, um, the phase of getting enough things in place that it can do anything at all. And then there's um, the next phase, which is getting it into a, uh, a, you know, a default position to start. You know, if, you, if you're not asking it to do anything in particular this is where you're going to start in other words it's going to be your data or whatever else in there uh so those phases now uh, a lot of this requires data to come from uh, across a network to 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 get it up there uh so it's asynchronous so basically there are a whole bunch of asynchronous operations that have to happen but then some things um can't be set up till other things are finished so you have then the coordination of has this asynchronous operation finished and this one's finished and now I can do this. Oh, no, I didn't, so I need to wait again. And you're not for quite sure what's going to finish where. So you've got this whole um, bunch of asynchronicity going on to try and uh, you know, to try and get things in a state and to do it fast enough so that the app application starts fast enough. And so, you know, that's all been working, you know, okay uh, in in the past of sort of doing things there's some you know some of this data is um infrequently changing uh, i mean it might change there's the possibility of it changed you do have to refresh it but it, the odds of it changing are fairly low so uh, to make things faster have in the past sort of cached the that data so it starts up it can it just uses that data and then it replaces it once it comes down and does the comparison and, and, and sort of stuff so the startup it is actually quite fast and, and it just works and gets in this certain state. Um, uh, and, and for most of the time when someone starts the app, that's exactly what they want. But then I've been working on um, if you open the app with a custom URL. The app has a custom URL scheme. Um, and if the app is open and you click a custom URL, it's uh, this is a Mac app, so you click in, in, in an email or something. You know, it's great. It just It just does what it needs to do the operations in the application are fine but of course if the app isn't open um it's in it's got to start the app up when, once you've clicked it it goes through all this uh, this setup and of course it looks a bit weird because you know it's um uh, it has to do the the initial setup which takes time and then it uh, sorry the 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 foundation setup that takes time and then of course the app is written to do uh, initial setup as well um 
to, to display default data, but having the app display the default data and then change to the data that actually the custom URL that you've clicked once, uh, which can have quite a lot of different changes because it's quite a complex schema and I can't really talk about it, but um, in there, it uh, looks really weird because the app sort of opens up, spends some time setting something up and then immediately sort of starts changing that data around and going somewhere else. And so the goal I've been trying to do is, well, if the if you come into the app that's being opened by a custom URL, then um, you you want to get all the foundation set up done, but you don't necessarily want to do the default uh, position setup, although some of the stuff that's in there will still need to go on at some point. But, you know, <laughs> this stuff is trying to be set up to go quickly. And when you open an app, uh, using a um, uh, a, 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 a URL, handling the URL, you don't know that you're handling the URL until after the application delegate has finished launching. And by the time the application delegate has finished launching, you have kicked off a whole bunch of this stuff already because you're trying to make things work as fast as you can. So now trying to coordinate whether, uh, and of course, to get the data into the position at the URL, you coming into might want to requires a whole bunch of other asynchronous operations that require other things to have happened first and so this whole thing of <laughs> um you know trying to stop something happening because you're coming in in one circumstance that in another circumstance you want to happen as fast as you can so you don't want to necessarily wait until you know if you're coming from a custom URL before you kick this stuff off because if you do and then you're not that makes the app's default launch slower so you might want to kick it off but then stop it because you've now realized something else and make sure uh, you then don't display any of that data even if you are coming until you do know um, if it if it's starting and just to maybe get it but hold it back in case you have to replace it it turns out to be quite frustrating. I feel your pain. I mean, I've actually gone through something similar with this because it's the same thing on iOS. You know, it's possible to open up the Netflix app uh, with custom URLs that maybe may have also been generated from universal links. Like, and so you have to handle the, that case where there's a certain amount of setup that has to get done no matter what. And then as you have more complicated kind of security you know, are, are they logged in or is the, you know, the is, the is the profile selected and, you know, and it could be a link for a title that the user might not have the ability to watch for any number of reasons. The title might not be available or maybe, you know, not uh, beyond the maturity rating that the, that the profile that they're using is for. So there's, there's quite a bit of, of complexity there. And you can also have uh, a, a universe, you could have a, an app specific URL, open the app, when the app's already running, in which case it's just going to bring it to, to, to front. So you have to handle those cases. It's it's not at all uh, simple at all. Yeah, and then obviously you've got lots of UI stuff, make sure it selects the right things in, in uh, table views and all the rest of it. I mean, uh, one of the things I ended up doing, and I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm, if this is a good uh, uh, method at all, is I, I, I made a lot of the functions that were involved in the startup um, uh, be cancelable suitable for recursion mm. so basically uh i just started trying to keep the workflow simple and a method would get called and then the method itself would would check um am i in a state to to run uh it right now and because it would know when it could and can run on the whole and if the answer was no it would um 
recursively call back into itself after a short delay back onto thing and then it could decide okay i'm going to cancel what i'm doing or whatever so eventually with all these methods recursively calling themselves they either eventually get to run at the right time or cancel themselves if they're no longer needed um so there's there ended up being no massive sort of like method trying to control everything mm. that's happening every, every little method could um could try so now that that maybe adds a little bit of downside because you end up with some arbitrary delays i mean if you i didn't want to launch something just in an asynchronous manner and have it cause a really tight loop i wanted to put enough of a delay in so you know say a tenth of a second or or something like that to, to give everything else a chance to keep finishing and so you know and some arbitrary delays but it just felt like that created a a, a simpler solution and the the things you had to check for that individual method running or not running were often far less complicated than trying to have something control everything at the same time. Uh, it, it works anyway. It looks fairly smooth. If you start the app up now um, with a fairly complex deep link, uh, it gets there reasonably quick and you never see the initial data. Although as soon as you maybe cancel what the customer was doing, the initial data is put straight there so i'm reasonably pleased with it but it's quite yeah it's a bit of a mind bend and quite a frustrating thing to 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 work out asynchronicity and startup is a bit of a problem but not a problem it's a challenging now it sounds like you're doing this all with ns operation i'm assuming i'm assuming yeah no no just no, just, uh, just using uh because this a lot of it is about setting up the ui mm. and you can't set up the ui until you get certain data back um so because it's all the ui it's got to be done these methods have to run on the main thread. Um, so a lot of it is done is just using dispatch queue main async after, mm. uh, which so just saying, I'm not ready yet, let's just go again uh, when we can. And so it's I'm trying to keep it as, as, as simple as possible. Um, uh, the stuff that is um, being used uh, for the data, that's obviously maybe coming back through NSURL sessions, so it's already putting itself on its own queues. Some other things have to be done you know, only one at a time. So there are a couple of sequential queues that you throw uh, uh, that is being created that um, uh, you throw something onto just to ensure that only one of them is going at once, but they all get done. Um, uh, dispatch queues. Uh, so actually, I very, uh, very rarely use NS operation these days. I think the, the main call for using NS operation is when maybe doing something that will be long running that you want to be cancelable. So creating an NS operation subclass, but for lots of just the quick stuff, um, just doing uh, working with dispatch queue, which obviously in Swift, the dispatch queue async stuff has a really sort of nice syntax, whereas in Objective-C, the dispatch queue async stuff looks fairly obnoxious. Yeah, totally. So, um, uh, so it actually doesn't look too bad, in it? And, and I'm still, I'm, I'm not claiming that is the best way uh, and I'm sure there's people out there already screaming at me. You saying you idiot. Why can you? You know you shouldn't be doing that. But you know it. It's because it's all about the UI and it's all on the main thread and it's just about yeah. It's um. It seems that it seemed that it worked. All right. Anyway, John, it looks like we've used up our time and, and you are about to go out to the movies. So we better um, wrap up. So if people want to um, 
uh, tell you what movies you should be going to watch, uh, where should they do that? <laughs> they can do that or give me new suggestions for, for, for my Netflix queue. They can find me on Twitter, where all civilized discourse takes place on the internet these days. And you'll find me as Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if they want to um, uh, offer their services as an alternate co-host, one that's less annoying and less overprivileged, where might they find and introduce themselves to you? To you? John, they they will be wasting their time. I'm I'm not going to replace you. Oh gosh, it's like of course, far too much effort. And you know, I never put that much effort into anything. <laughs> like the, like a careful are. selection of a co-host. Yeah, I just casually said, "Do you want to do a podcast?" I didn't even think about the consequences. <laughs> um, they can get hold of me also on Twitter is uh, MacDevNet, and of course, they can get hold of both of us by sending an email to uh, feedback at iDeveloper.co. Well, John, it's uh, it's uh, not been frustrating talking to you in any way at all. And so I hope this goes down as a successful part of your day. Oh, thank you, Scotty. It already is. So. Good. And so enjoy. Yeah, um, um, if uh, I'm hoping for some frustrating days, if it means I'm going to end up with a, an iPhone 11 and a new 16 inch laptop. So may tomorrow be frustrating. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, until next time, you take care. Thank you.